pain, everybody's level is different. But I do believe that the pain can turn into such power and it also brings that resiliency that is needed in growing an empire. Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host, and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. What's up everyone and welcome back to Amplified. Today I talk with one of my soul sisters, Echo Summer Hill. Echo is a multi-dimensional guide here on a mission to help raise the consciousness of this planet and usher in the new earth one soul at a time. She is the creatrix of Soul Up and the Soul Up Movement, which is an international spiritual awakening and group coaching community where she guides women on their healing paths to true mind, body, soul, and business alignment. A divine feminine leader, Echo mentors high achieving women in building their empires without the hustle and burnout. She focuses on helping her clients create a legacy that they can be proud of from a soul-aligned place for massive expansion. Echo is a master at guiding women through unblocking limiting beliefs and helping them activate their superpowers and magic so that they can elevate their lives and businesses to new heights of expansion. She is here as a guide, mentor, and alchemist for all of those who are drawn to her bright and fierce light. This is such a powerful episode. We go in so many different directions. I cannot wait for you to listen to it. Enjoy. All right. What is up, you guys? I am so, so excited for this interview to have one of my soul sisters, Echo, joining us. Thank you so much for being here. I'm I'm like so excited to just like be here with you because I love you to death. And I know that what we're going to talk about is going to be so powerful. So thank you for joining. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. I wish you were here. I wish I was there. I wish I you know. were in the room, but this is better than nothing, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so first things first, jumping into some rapid fire. Yeah. Number one, what is something you're grateful for right now? Something I'm grateful for is like my innate strength. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling very grateful for like that inner knowing of my strength. Yeah. I love it. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Ooh, what is a guilty pleasure? I really, really, really like the new show house of the dragons, I think is what it's called. And yes. it's so like twitchy, but it's so good. So yes, good. same. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Random fact that most people wouldn't know about you. Ooh, I love the smell of skunks and dogs feet. 
like you were ready with that one. <laughs> this is my random fact. So interestingly, because it's so funny. I don't know if you're, are you on TikTok at all? Not, I'm there, but I'm not there. Okay. So I dove into TikTok in the last like two months, maybe a little bit more Thought than that. And for you, yeah, I've been having so much fun with it, but like the algorithm changes so quickly that like you watch two videos about something and the next thing you know, your feed is like mainly about that. And so like, I had a couple, like a week or two where my feed was like horse videos. It was like, you know, former horse girl, girl yeah. growing up horse videos and like dog training videos. Uh-huh. And so I was like, what part of TikTok, what world, what like dimension of TikTok am I in right now? But there were videos of people talking about, and I didn't get it for a while about how dogs feet smell like Frito chips, Fritos or kettle corn. So every dog's feet, it's so good. Fins smell like my dogs smell like kettle corn. And then some are a little bit more salty than like the sweet, salty smell, smell your dog's feet. I want you to text me after this and tell me what your dog's feet smell like. And I don't really mind the smell of skunk. Like I would much rather the smell of skunk than like manure or like decaying stuff. Right. Oh, this is a beautiful conversation. We're direction we're going down. Unless like it can get really like aggressive when it's like fresh, I feel like, and like that ammonia, you like harsh, but yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get sprayed by one, but I'm always like, oh, that's not bad. And everybody's like, hey, it's gunk. I'm like, it's not that bad. Stop being dramatic. And they're so cute. If you weren't doing what you do now, which is so like divinely your purpose. And obviously like, I feel like every single person I have on this show is living their purpose, doing their dream, like doing the work they're meant to be doing. But like, if you weren't doing what you do now, like what kind of job or career would you have, or would you think would be like really cool to explore? Gosh, that's so difficult to ask somebody, like you said, that's like living fully in their purpose. Like if you couldn't do this, you're like, oh, I'd be like, Beyonce's like hype girl or like, you know, (laughs) I would work with animals somehow. Like I would do something with animals. I don't know what that would look like. Maybe a horse whisperer. I don't know, but something with animals for sure. Okay. Okay. I can see that. That feels aligned. Yeah. What did you want to be when you were little? Mm, Good question. I wanted to be a child psychologist Mm. or a family lawyer. Okay. Or an ER nurse. So, okay. Yeah. All right. A lot of like nurturing type of human connection things. And I realized all of that was, would not be good for me. Yeah. <laughs> and my psyche. <laughs> Any weird talents or special skills? Ooh, I don't think so. Come on. I, don't I have any like, that I can like, talk about. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is your show, Lauren, but. Go in all the directions here. Right. I don't think so. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that. Nothing <laughs> I can talk about. <laughs> I would say, however, which we'll talk about later, like even just like channeling, right? Like yeah. that, I think in our world and our network and likely a ton of people who are listening to this, like that's not that weird, but still like even sometimes, which like I'm such a powerful channeler and that's like such a gift and a skill of yours. And as like, I've started to strengthen that in myself, like still, I notice when I talk to like, quote unquote, normal people. And I'm like, like, how weird do I say? Like, yeah. do I drop the like psychic word? Right. 
yeah. this is weird. I'm like, yeah. I get how it, it sounds weird. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Being able to tap into that stuff is definitely unique for the collective mm-hmm. still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last time that you cried this morning, <laughs> like same last night and this morning. Ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm like for about 10 seconds on the way to the gym while sending somebody a voice note. Cry. Right. Yeah. Every <laughs> yeah. Day. yeah. Last time you laughed so hard, you almost peed your pants. Right before we started this. <laughs> the part that no one's going to see or hear. You guys, y'all, I hit record. Like Echo and I know each other, right? Like this isn't our first conversation. And I don't even know how I said her name wrong. You slurred my name. I like totally like fumbled over it. It was like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? That's got to make it in the blue. Right. Yeah. We'll throw that in there somewhere. <laughs> what is your favorite meal? artichokes Mm, like my favorite food is a boiled artichoke with a side of the garlic lemon butter mixture that you dip in it's like literally my favorite food yep yes Mm -hmm. actually we're gonna go with the next place that you want to travel to I really want to go to Rome Mm. have you been before no I've never been to that part of the world oh wow yeah. So cool. Yeah. Highly recommend. All right. That's all of our rapid fire. So now we're going to get into the, the juicy stuff. So something that, well, interestingly, like you and I, what we've known each other, like six months, maybe mm-hmm. like if that, and I know for me, like the first time we met, like our first conversations and stuff, realized there's just a lot of similarities in our journey, our story, all of that. And especially in the being like super stuck in our masculine, right? Like not feeling too much, too big, all of that. And so obviously like, you know, in the intro, we shared a bit about you, but like you built a seven figure network marketing business, like in record time, which having been in network marketing as well. Like I know the grind and the hustle that that takes. When did you start seeing or noticing like, well, actually I'll back it up. Like when did you start even just learning about or knowing like masculine, feminine energetics or really, cause that was something I didn't even know was like a thing until like five years ago, if that maybe. Yeah. And it was about that time. It was five years ago for me. It was like really when I had my awakening, Mm -hmm. it was like, whoa, okay, what am I doing here? How am I functioning? And, you know, I knew that I had gained success in that business. And that was when I had my awakening was when we hit the top rank in that company. And I was like, well, this is not how I want to live my life. I was the unhealthiest and happiest I'd ever been. The money in the bank did not matter, you know? And so what were those, like, what were you obviously unhealthiest, unhappiest, stressed, all of that. Like, how did you know that you needed more of the feminine or what was like the beginning of that kind of like, well, one that like awakening process, but then the first steps to healing that. Yeah. So again, we had gained success in that business and I looked around and it was the same time that I was diagnosed with neurological Lyme disease. And it was the same time that I realized unhealthy relationship with alcohol. It was like, again, just the most unhappy I'd ever been. And I looked around and I was like, okay, this is not how success should feel, should look like there's something more. And 
I was introduced to a mentor and healer that I worked with over the years. And we started to dissect and where the hustle came from, right? Because I feel like in order to move forward, I had to go, okay, why do I function this way? And as you know, it's a lot of like our worth and our love, feeling loved and valuable comes from the validation from the external world, the validation of praise, money, all the things. And so when I started to really look at those things and then tie them back to my childhood and where it all started, I started to heal those processes. But for me, the biggest turning point in how I started to heal what I say, heal the hustle is I looked at what I truly value, right? I knew, okay, you have the money it's meaning nothing right now. Like I'm miserable. That's not the way success should feel. So I was like, okay, what do I value? My health, my spiritual journey, like my connection, my love for myself, my family. And then of course the greater mission came to fruition, but I realized I had been functioning so much saying, oh yeah, family first or putting, you know, all this stuff. But really I'd been putting everybody else, the businesses, everything else before myself is ideally what it came through. And I wasn't valuing myself and just the person that I was. So I had to really start to fall in love with myself. And I had to set boundaries. I had to release attachments. I had to really look at, okay, what do I value? What do I desire in my life? The big desires, not money, but like, I want to be healthy. Yes. I want to be wealthy, but I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to feel this. I want to feel that. And then I was like, okay, well, how can I build a business that supports that without killing myself? And I had to do, again, healing the wounded masculine is that hustle energy, right? So I had to look at where I was functioning in the wounded energy and completely alchemize it and transform it into the divine masculine, but also rediscovering myself as a woman, as you know, from past sexual traumas and survival as a young age, I learned to be the tough girl. I learned to be the independent tough girl from four years old on. And so when I realized, okay, I'm a grown woman now, like I don't have to have this huge shield up in this tough girl mentality and this hustle, hustle, hustle. I started to just pick apart the pieces and to really look at how I wanted to create my life. And I knew that from that point forward, that how I was running my life and my businesses had to change. And so I took radical responsibility for that. And no matter what came with finances or anything, I knew that I had to be healthy. And I think that's the biggest first step is going, something has to change, right? And then sitting down with yourself and getting comfortable in looking at all of it and going, okay, this is why, and this is how, and I'm not moving forward with this anymore. And then you get to create from that new space. Yeah, absolutely. So what you said in the beginning, like you knew and made the decision to fall in love with yourself Mm -hmm. because just knowing for myself and knowing like in work with clients and stuff, like one for me, at least like that wasn't something realizing I had a major like self-love lack or gap several years ago was Mm -hmm. surprising to me because I felt confident, right? I felt like I put myself first. I felt like all these things I even, which is actually like partly like answers my question or shows that there was an issue, but like, I felt like I was such a selfish person because I put myself mm-hmm. first before other people, but in actuality, like I didn't really 
Mm -hmm. right? Like not really myself and what I desire. So what were some of those beginning steps for like learning how to love yourself? better. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Cause you said, you know, I'd like put myself first, but then you look at it and it's like, who were you really putting yourself first for though? Yeah. Like, right. Like, and then usually it's the validation, it's the accomplishments, it's the things it's yeah. not like truly, okay, this is because it feels good for me. And that was, that's the biggest piece of the Hill, the hustle journey for me was prioritizing myself and my spiritual journey and me. And because for my whole life as a high achieving woman, as you know, we give, 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 we're really good at doing and giving and the divine feminine is the receiver. And a lot of that receiving needs to happen from ourselves, from our guides, from whatever you believe in, but like that, that internal power. And so I started to prioritize myself. One of the biggest things that I did was started to have healthy boundaries saying no, instead of saying yes, like saying no is such a simple thing because it is no two letters in O, but we make it so complicated. We make it, if we say no to this person, no, I can't bake 12 cookies tonight for school because you had somebody else cancel and it's last minute. And I think I should do it because I'm a mom and that's what moms do. It's like saying no when you really mean no, but so often we say yes because we're afraid to disappoint people. We're afraid to get judgment. We're afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. And the only people we hurt with our boundaries are those that we've either trained over and programmed over the years with not having boundaries. Like we didn't have boundaries for so long. And now they're like, wait, what? Now you're saying no, or now you're saying yes. So those people or people that don't have their own boundaries. And so they can't imagine saying no to helping a friend or saying no to a phone call or saying no, because they would never do it themselves. Yeah. And there's like grain of like envy almost like, Oh, she has meant like, I wish I had could say no or had boundaries. So like almost resentment. Right. And it's not even, they consciously know that they're just like, Ooh, I don't like that. But if they looked at it and they looked at the trigger, it's like, they don't like that because they wish they could be that strong. Mm -hmm. And so boundaries was like the first thing that I implemented on who I was giving my time to what I was giving my, even with my husband and my son, I was in my hustle. I was neglecting their, a lot of them, like my time with them, but It wasn't because I was giving to myself. So I had to really honor that and go, okay, no, I'm mommy needs to meditate. Mommy needs to just nap. Mommy needs to do this. And then I have my best to give to you. Right. Whereas for the first three years of my son's life, I was in pure hustle mode and don't remember most of it, which is really sad, which is why we say hustle is not worth it. It works. Hustle works. It works. That's why we do it for so long. Right. (laughs) And it pays off, but at what expense? And so as you set these boundaries, it's clear to go, okay, again, going back to what do I want to create? What life, how do I want my business to run? How do I want to feel in my business? And so I started to set up those boundaries with myself. And I'm sure that you've experienced this too. But when I did that, and this is a lot of my teachings to date, is five years ago when I did that, I healed the wounded masculine, but kind of like abandoned the divine too. like had some structure, but like I swung way to the feminine. Yes. Yep. Same. I'm not going to do it. I don't feel like it. I can it to that to myself. Yeah. I don't feel like it. So I'm not going to, right. Like that was like a lot of 2021 for me, honestly. And then I was like, okay, that's not working. (laughs) I'm like, 
Yeah. Cause like also that then creates stress and anxiety. Cause I'm like, I'm not in integrity with like, yeah, I'm going to follow through on the stuff for other people. And still there were gaps in that, but I was like, I'm most, most of all, like, I'm not doing like the little things for myself, the little things that I'm like, Oh, I said, I wanted to do this today. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it anymore. I'll just do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, I don't feel like it. I'll do it tomorrow again. And I'm like, what the fuck? Right. And as we know, like confidence is built off of results, right? Like results over time, consistent results and like our integrity with ourself, right? If we follow through on what we say we're going to do. And so even those little things like eroding the confidence and yeah, I had that big wake up of like, okay, now we're like only in feminine and she's just like running fucking wild. And like, she needs a little taming. We need a little structure for the feminine. She's going off the rails here. And like I say, I always teach it's harmonizing the two energies. I don't believe in balance in general, but harmonizing those two energies so that you have that divine masculine structure. So you stay in integrity, all of that, and then still honoring the divine feminine. And for me, it's like, I am a soul guided entrepreneur. So there are times that plans change, but I do have the discernment. What you're saying is a lot of people don't in this beginning phase, because a lot of people will just be like, oh, it's just because I don't want to do it. It's like, oh, I just need, it's like, no, check in with yourself and say, okay, like, can right. I continue with my commitment? Should I? What's the highest good for myself and for all, right? So it's like really being in tune with your true desires. And honestly, if you're somebody that makes commitments and is always, it's like a pattern for you, that's something big to look at. That's just like you said, integrity and valuing yourself and others. It's like, really look at why is it the fear of commitment? Is it fear of failure? Is it fear of being judged? Like there's so much that can be underlying of like, if you're one, and then if you know, you don't, for me, I don't like to plan things really far in advance because I don't know how the hell I'm going to feel. And I would rather see how I'm going to feel before I plan where I used to plan everything. Now I barely plan anything except for programs or podcast interviews or stuff like that, that like are on the calendar. But I don't like to plan because I do like to create each day with how I feel or each week with what energy I'm in or where I'm at in my cycle or any of that. Again, that divine feminine work of like, where am I feeling my most creative? And so when you're building your business from that space, you still need that divine masculine structure. You still need like the foundation. If not, you're just building this beautiful, creative, like inspired divine feminine castle on quicksand because it will bite you in the ass and you'll look up. And I'm so grateful that I shifted all of this five years ago. And, you know, the network marketing thing is just a beautiful kind of side residual. I let that go like in the way of building and have built this beautiful, you know, empire that I call it that is from this soul guided place, but still honoring both energies because we need them to build sustainable success. You cannot build, I don't care what anybody says, you cannot build sustainable success purely on feminine energy. It's like not possible. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. So actually that leads me in like exactly into what I wanted to ask next. Like how does the feminine and the masculine show up? Like what are some examples like in your business? Like, cause that's something I started to implement a couple of years ago. Like, okay, like Mondays are masculine energy heavy, right? Like checking in with my team, like a lot of stuff on the to-do list, delegating, managing, like all of that. 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So how does the masculine in your activities, your workflow, like all of that, how does the masculine and the feminine show up? Yeah, no, I love how you that. run your business. And I do very similar things like, you know, certain days of the week or podcast interview days, like mm-hmm. certain day, Monday and Tuesdays are the only days unless I have a couple of clients that are out of the country. So the time zones and their week and stuff, I'll be flexible with Thursdays, but I usually only like to do client calls two days a week, right? Within those two days again. So like you said, those are the masculine heavy days. I'm not in masculine energy when I'm coaching though, but the back end of everything, the structure of my weeks are the, like for me, the foundation is like knowing these days are for this. And if I'm honest, I've gotten to a point now where I delegate a lot of the masculine stuff, all of my back end stuff. I'm sure a lot like you goes to my team because I do want to be more in my feminine. I do want to be in my creation vibes, but I have the masculine structure in place for this days is for this, this Wednesdays I record for my podcast and I do da, 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 da. It's like, we have the structure and then all like the nitty gritty masculine back end stuff like sales pages or you know, emails and all that, I will do the writing, I'll do the creation, the divine feminine creation and inspiration. But I delegate that now not everybody can delegate that now. And again, that's where you go back to, okay, how do I want to set my business up where it feels best to me? The beautiful thing about divine masculine structure, and having some kind of an outline, a plan, a foundation for your business, whether it's delegating certain days for what, or next month, I'm going to run this program on this day and so on, so and so the beautiful thing is it takes the unknown out of it. So you're not going, Oh, when am I going to do? Oh, what, what days do I, Oh, I guess I can fit her in on a Friday morning. And it's like, no, Monday and Tuesdays are for those calls. Like it's going on there. It takes that unknown and that, that wobbly out of there. Right. So the divine masculine structure gets to be as clear cut or as big and potent as you want it to be in your business. And if you're a solopreneur right now, then it's important that you still though, honor, honor what you want to create and how you want to create it. But the divine masculine structure helps you feel stable and secure, knowing that you're getting everything done that will move the needle towards the results that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So more on the masculine, feminine, energetics, balancing all of that. So when your network marketing business like exploded, took off all of that, you effectively became the dominant breadwinner. And I know Danny also like, you know, as a result of that, or because of that, and like other factors and stuff that were going on, decided to leave being a firefighter. And so how did that shift? Right. Like, because I would say like stepping into that breadwinner role is like stepping into the mass, a big masculine role in a relationship. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but how did that affect things? And how did you guys figure out that balance in that new paradigm together? Yeah. So, so much of that backstory, right? Like of, you know, I married a firefighter and Mm -hmm. unfortunately they save lives literally every day and get paid nothing. Right. So I knew what I was getting into and he knew what he was getting into as a very independent, like driven woman. Right. And so I had always like made more than him. And then there was a time when I was six months postpartum, which is right before the network marketing company came into our life where he, I had quit taking clients with my social media agency and quit, quit doing all the things I was doing so that I could be a mom. And so he was like, 
the breadwinner, so to speak, on our little wage, you know? And he was supportive and taking care of. And then he had an incident happen where both legs were broken at the fire department after some hazing incidents and all the seven unlawful termination, all that. And I had to crank it up. I knew what to do. I was like, well, here we go. I didn't know what I was going to do yet. And then my friend introduced me to network marketing and I actually fell in love with the product, which was the bonus. Right. And then hustled. So, but as the years went on, it was at the burnout phase, like that three-year mark with that network marketing company five years ago when I was like, I can't do this anymore. And it wasn't anything about the money because for him and I, like my money's his money, our money's our money, right? And literally, again, like I truly believe that some of us most powerful women will always be, and I don't know if this is my case, but there's this piece where a lot of the powerful women here are the breadwinners because we are making the magic money, the money that doesn't make sense how you make it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is so much in the divine feminine, right? The magic and miracle frequency, whereas the masculine and the men in our lives they're like, it's got to make sense. So of course, ABC. I have never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. I love that. I've never thought of the like quantum magnetic way of making money is so fucking feminine. Yep. And where that like insane money that like, just like, you're like, oh, and then I had a 50 K day or hundred K month and like, oh, cool. You know, like that kind of stuff compared to the very like linear and consistent, right? Like, cause yeah, the masculine is that linear, like direct focused. And like, I would say like really consistent and predictable, rounded and predictable, whereas feminine wild and free in all directions and all right. that kind of stuff. Not that like one is better than the other, right? Cause that like consistent grounded, like predictability is beautiful, but yeah, I never have thought about how that way of working is very masculine, right? That consistent paycheck model, if you will. And then the like massive, like magic attraction surprise, what the fuck money is very feminine. And it doesn't make sense. And so I do see that a lot with my clients too. It's like these women making all this money and it doesn't make sense how we make this much money. Like we make more than doctors and lawyers and brain surgeons like what the actual heck because it is magic and miracles it's the source frequency it's not meant to make sense and that's actually what we all have access to so in that though like in my burnout I was like I can't do this anymore I don't care if we lose our money or whatever like I just can't And that's when my mission came forth. And that's when I started the divine feminine work because before, and then that continued because Danny healed and became a firefighter again and all the things, but he was doing what he wanted in his passion and serving from that place. And then we just had this money that I created, right. Which sometimes seemed out of thin air, but it's like, we just did it together. But there was this pivotal point five years ago, really in the last I'd say three years ago, where we started to have the big conversations around, okay, this is important for the women that run really successful businesses and that want to be in their divine feminine. When I'm working or I'm setting up a program or structuring out something or whatever, again, most of my work I do in the divine feminine, but I still have that divine masculine structure. But when my man is home, I'm the woman and like I'm in my divine feminine, like that's it. 
And we had to have those discussions because for a long time, predating my awakening, I just did everything. Number one, he was gone for 24, 48 hours at a time. So it was really hard to adjust to his schedule. I had to be in the feminine and, and masculine and raising our child and stuff like that. And then when he'd come home, I'd have a hard time turning it off. Right. But now it's like, I make a conscious effort to be his queen. Right. And it doesn't matter where the money's coming from. It's like the money's coming. Cool. Period. That's it. And then he stays in his masculine, you know, in his alpha energy as my king. And we had those tough conversations like work is work. But like when I'm in in mommy mode and people always, always laugh because mothering, being a mommy is masculine energy. Mothering is masculine energy. What does a mom do? Do this. Don't do this. Stop doing this. Nope. Control frequency. Yeah. So I even shifted how I parented because I want to be like the graceful, loving, gentle, like, yes, powerful as fuck mom, but mothering energy. This is why I also shifted how I work with my clients. My clients know that if they disappear in boxer for three days or my mastermind clients aren't talking for three days, they're not going to get me talking to them going, Hey, is everybody okay? Where are you? I fully believe in their power to show up when they need something or when they want to show up. But the mothering, the wounded masculine and the wounded feminine goes, Hey, are you okay? Is everything okay? I'm worried about you. Control, But also like, Oh, they don't need me. I need to be needed or like not giving them what they need. And that's really our lack of our belief in them. And that's, and our belief in our children, our belief in our spouses that they can't be the person that they're designed to be and they can't be what you want them to be or what you desire them to be. And if we give them the space, because for so long, Danny and I was two alphas, two people like, but what ended up happening is the programming of, I was the one making the money. He just kind of stepped back and let me control everything because that's what I was doing. And then when we had those conversations, I was like, I'm, and then I would come to him and go, I can't do it all. I'm doing it all. And he's like, well, you do it all. Like you don't, and then the divine feminine though, one of the beautiful things about coming into the divine feminine, especially in a relationship is the divine feminine asks for help. She asks for support and your king will be so, I can ask Danny to help me with anything. And he is right there and he's ready and he's willing and he's excited. He's like, I love nothing more than to like serve you and like to like, not in a, peasant way, but like a, yeah. I'm your king. Let me help you. Let me yeah. carry this for you because they want to protect. They want to hold us. You know, they want to hold their queen. So the divine feminine asks for help. Yes. And even that too, like regardless of where the money is coming from, right? Cause I agree too. Like, yeah, in partnership, in marriage, like it's, you're a team, like it doesn't yeah. matter where it's coming from and being the one who's bringing in the majority of the money or all the money or whatever it is, right? Like, sure, that can be like a more traditional masculine role, but having that partner who can step in and be the grounded masculine energy and take over all the, like, be that fucking anchored masculine, Mm -hmm. then you can make that money while staying so in your feminine, right? And so it's such a symbiotic relationship because- Who's to say like you, like, and here's the thing, like, sure. Like we can all like, we don't need a man to whatever. Right. Right. But like how beautiful to be like, oh, 
who knows if like having that strong anchored masculine presence is what allows you to be so free flowing and like to call in all that magic and all that money. hundred percent. Right? And that's exactly what it is. And honestly, it's a paradigm shift. It's literally reprogramming because it's such a collective message. You just said this, that the mass it's like, there's this programming that the mass man is the one that makes all the money. Right. But that has shifted. Like I know yes. more women than not that are making the money. Right. And what's beautiful though, is that this is also calling the masculine, the alphas, the Kings to rise and do their own healing. Cause Danny had to do all of his own healing work around filling like the man, just because he wasn't the one making all the money. And so it's beautiful, the healing that this can bring to the surface and realizing that it's just the lies we've been told. It's just this program that's been running in the collective that the men make the money and the men are in control when really no one needs to be in control because at the end of the day, especially if you're with someone and you have a bigger vision for your life, the things, the dreams, desires, the impact you want to create as a whole, not just me, but with Danny, with as a whole, everything we do fills that part. Him picking up Harrison from school and taking Harrison to school moves the needle towards that happening because I get to stay in the creative flow and make the magic money, right? Him doing something and helping me around the house, it's all moving the needle for this greater purpose. And a lot of it for the men in this position is healing that value attached to making the money and healing the ego. And all it is, is old programming telling us that the man should be the one. I'm not in that position of going, I'm making all the money. So I'm in control. Hell no. I've never told that man no in his life. Like I may say like, no, you can't get that gun right away. And then I'm like, oh, find it. Just get the gun. You know, it's like, I don't, we're in this together. And so if you're single though, it's like you get to create this beautiful life that you want to desire. And then also have that in mind. If you call in a spouse, it's like, who do you want to be in that relationship? You know, I'm not hanging money over the, like, that's not even like a forethought, you know, but that's what society makes it seem like, oh, well, she's a breadwinner. She must have all the control. And that's not the case. Yeah. And that it's not the case that that then means you are thrown into a masculine energy role in the relationship, right? Or that Which, the man is in a feminine. Yes. Yes. Because what I have seen and what I've witnessed of you too is like how to do that and like still in your partnership, in your marriage, be so like you in your feminine and him in his masculine. And I like, And I feel like for like real talk, like I'm gonna be honest, like a lot of people like in our industry where the woman is the breadwinner, like I don't see that. Like I see the man kind of being emasculated in a lot of ways. And I'm like, yeah, like I make amazing money more typically than men I have dated though. I was about to say, girl, I know you dated men that have money. (laughs) Yes. And though I will say like, but like over the last two years, yeah, where I'm like, oh, wow, like interesting, you know, like where, and that's made me feel very like not in my feminine sometimes. But I think, yeah, I think you guys do such a beautiful job of that. And yeah, it is, I know even for so myself hard. sometimes, yeah, because even for myself sometimes, like looking around being like, yeah, like I love all the su- success you're having, she's having, whatever, like not you, but like so and so random people on Instagram are having. And then I'm like, yeah, but like, what is your relationship like actually like, like, that's the question that comes up for me 
is like, are you really happy or is this all a facade? And I was the, I was the poster child for that. Like my life looked perfect and I was literally killing myself. And five years ago, when I woke up from that, it's like, no, that's not success. And, you know, I always say like, you can compare yourself to these Instagram models and these people. And what you don't see is their five nannies literally doing everything for them. No hate. That's cool. But like, you don't see, you know, they haven't slept in the same bed in six months or you don't see all the real, real stuff unless you're following people that are actually real and showing up and sharing the shit. But it does take work. Like, I know, I mean, my whole circle, you included, like, we are the high priestesses incarnate here to like really do big things on the planet. And a lot of that work is coming from us healing the wounded masculine and coming into our divine feminine and reminding ourselves that it's safe to be a woman in this lifetime. And it's safe to be a woman in power with power in this lifetime. And that's work. And then again, at the same time, through the sacred union, it's calling the men and the Kings to rise into their own power and to know that they're regardless of money, that they're here to protect us and to support us and to be a rock and a foundation for us. Whereas in the past and past lives getting a little out there, but like past lives where they've had a lot of times where they haven't been able to protect us. So then they come and turn into the wounded little boys seeking a mommy. And that's not the energy you want in a marriage, you know, or a relationship or in a client mentor, like any of it. Yes. I think too, being able to look at that, like regardless of who's bringing in the money, right? Like if you're in a healthy partnership, recognizing that whatever money is coming in is the result of that partnership. Yes. I could not do what I do without Danny. Yeah. To this level, you know, and I think that's important. And not a lot of people think that way, right? Like, I mean, even a lot of females we know, it's like, my money is my money. I'm making this money is my money, you know, and it's like, okay, but as a Southern girl here, not a Southern belle, but a Southern lady, (laughs) I do have those strong, like, feelings around like, what's mine is yours. And I can't imagine for me personally being like, well, this is the money I make, you can't spend any of it, or you can't like, No, like you said, I couldn't do this without Danny. I couldn't do it to the level. I mean, I probably could, but I couldn't do it to this level in this, this way or like the level of freedom. Yeah. Like, and I know I've got a man that would like go throw down for me and kill somebody if they needed to. And if he needed to, he would go out and work five jobs if he had to, but he doesn't have to, he gets to live out his passion and his dreams because of the magic money coming in. And the more he works in his like creative flow with his divine feminine energy. Cause you know, we got it all. Then he's going to start making more of his magic money. And it's like, it's beautiful. We get to just create a life we desire together. It's no mine or his, you know? Yeah. Mm, I love that. I love it. So I know you mentioned a little bit, and this is one of the questions that I had written down, like the hard stuff and that there is like, you know, social media is a fucking highlight reel. Right. And especially in this trend, if you will, of like energy manifestation, magnetic, like all of that, like, I think it's very trendy right now. Right. Like, and there are people who like, yeah, are going to like hop on the buzzwords and the trends of it. And your business is very feminine led, very like flow harmony, just like 
feels good to observe. Right. right. And so like, what is some of the like not fun stuff, right. That's going on because I think, and I'll have a, I want to continue this conversation because I think there is like, I'm all for and aligned to like, yeah, like the energy that we're putting out, that's what we attract. Obviously we know this, right. But even seeing people like, oh, I'm not going to talk about pain points because I don't want to attract somebody who resonates with pain points, which is like, okay, get that on some level. Mm -hmm. And like real life has pain points and the ups and downs. And like real life isn't just showing the highlight reel, even if that's the energy you want to bring in. So yeah. So let's like talk about some of the, like the hard, like stuff. Yeah. And I want to start out by saying like, I don't know a single like not a one ambitious, driven, successful, powerful woman that has not been through some big shit. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Period. And that's something that I'm really passionate about is what I call the initiation of power through pain. And I always joke that my life is like a trigger warning. You know, when I talk about my past and the sexual abuse and the rapes that I've endured and even financial turmoil where we were getting foreclosure notices in, you know, before we turned on our thinking caps and got busy. But it's like, we've all been through some really hard things in life. And I truly believe, you know, that we have to go through hard things. People used to ask me all the time, like, do you think you have to go through like struggles and hard times to like become successful? And my old fluffy answer was like, no, like, yeah, you can like, you don't have to, you know, and I'm like, no, you do like you do like, and again, everybody's level of pain, everybody's, you know, big T, little T, like whatever trauma, like it's all different. But I do believe that the women here doing big things have to hold big things. And I've been doing great the last year or two of my life, like the best I've ever been. And really the last five years have been the best years of my life, but everything's been going really good. My businesses are booming, like everything's just growing and all the things. And eight weeks ago, I had the hardest trauma and like most painful experience of my life hit me in my life. And again, mentioning sexual abuse, rapes, all of that, you think, oh, what could be worse? Well, there's worse. There's all, there could always be worse. Right. But it's like, when I first, one of the most powerful pieces of this that I've been speaking on a lot lately with my clients and just with who, who resonates is there was this point when it happened that I said, I cried out and I was like, why me? And there was this moment where my soul came through loud and clear and said, why not you? And I was like, you're here to do really, really big things. And you can't hold the bigness and the space for the women that you want to help lead and guide and help them heal in this world without being able to hold the duality of that power. And I was just like, shit. Okay. And I listened. And ever since then, over the last eight weeks, I've woke up every day asking myself, how can I write this story so that I'm proud of? How will I write this story so that in 10 years, 15, 20 years, when my son hears the stories, like when I tell the stories on stage one day, because they will be shared publicly one day, how will I be proud that I'm writing this story? Not for anybody else, but for my heart and soul. How do I want to be proud? Stay in integrity, stay in love, stay in compassion, stay in understanding that I can be proud of. And a lot of people, again, don't show those kind of things. And I've shared bits and pieces of this story on my own Instagram. And the outpouring of me too's is overwhelming. 
And nobody even knows, you know, only my close people know the details, but it's like pain is something that none of us get to escape, but it's what we do with that pain that truly defines who we are. And that's what leaves our legacy. And it's like a lot of people get in pain and they go into victim consciousness and then the whole world's out to get them for the rest of their lives. And there's no judgment on that because that's their experience. And not everybody, again, has that innate thing in them that tells them there's more, but we get to choose what we do with that pain. And we get to choose who we are through the pain. And I choose to turn it into power. I choose to extract the gifts and the lessons. And an important thing with the women that I've helped that are trauma survivors, you know, from sexual abuse and childhood abuse and all this, one of the important things in the journey of healing, and again, a lot of my hustle comes from that early childhood trauma, right? Having to survive and be independent and protect myself and all that. So, which is most women that I work with, and it's like, knowing that you don't start by finding compassion for your abusers or for people that have done you wrong. You start by having compassion for yourself, like seeing the silver linings. I'm like the silver lining queen. I can literally extract gifts, lessons, and miracles from everything, but it doesn't always happen right away. So if you're like walking through pain, it's not like you immediately go, Oh, this was an awesome lesson. Thank you for abusing me. It's like, no, it's like, give it some time, work on the healing. But I do believe that there is something to be said about powerful women that experience pain, that we know how to hold really, really, really big power. And that's also what makes us so determined to change the world. I love it. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Like soaking that in. Yeah. So good. Yeah, because if we're not experiencing pain, if we're not experiencing fear, then that means we are just hanging out in our comfort zone and not going for things, right? And that doesn't mean that going for big things means you're going to get abused, like, right? Like, no, no, that's not guaranteed, right? But pain in all kinds of different forms, challenges, struggles, stretchiness, fear, discomfort, you name it. Like if you want to live an extraordinary life. And if you believe that you're here to do big things, like it's not going to necessarily always be easy and that's okay. Right. Like, you know, stronger, it really does. It's like going to the gym. It's such a cliche like thing to say, but it's like, you go to the gym. What are you doing when you're lifting those weights? You're stretching and tearing your muscles. And your stuff so that what it gets stronger, it gets bigger, it, you know, you expand. And again, everybody's pain tolerance, I always say this, everybody's pain tolerance and threshold is different. What I feel is traumatic and really painful might not be anything to someone else, or it might mean the end of the world, right? So don't just, I always have like certain people like, well, what if I've never experienced anything? I'm like, have you ever lost a friend in a fight? Have you ever lost it? Like those things physiologically can respond in the body, you know, this the same exact way as being assaulted, right? That pain, everybody's level is different, but I do believe that the pain can turn into such power. And it also brings that resiliency that is needed in growing an empire. Absolutely. So with like your sexual assault and abuse, cause I know that's something that started at like a really young age, right. And has happened in many different ways and instances, unfortunately, how did you, cause like the audience knows, right. 
or likely knows that I have experienced sexual assault as well. And something that was really healing for me in that, which you touched on is like, okay, so how do I, where's the lesson in it, right? Like, why did this happen for me? Which to be very clear, everybody is not saying like, oh, I deserved this, or this was my fault. Absolutely not. Right. But like, okay, why did my soul like, why was this part of my soul's journey? Right. Like I agree with it or not, whether I'm happy about it or not. Right. Like, why was this part of my soul's journey? And that was something that was really powerful for me in taking my power back from that, because that, you know, sexual assault for me, that's the literally like the, one of the very few situations in my life where I felt very much like actually like the victim, right? Like not just like, Oh, victim mindset, that sort of thing. I'm like, no, like that was like, yeah, you know? And so being able to see like my quote unquote role in that, not in, again, like being very careful with language here, not in the like, Oh, like I invited it, fuck that. But like, okay. Energetically. And with my like soul contract, what was like, okay, what did this do for me? Why did I in some way, like, why was that important in my life to go through? So like, how did you, one would love to get your perspective on that. Like, I can assume like there's alignment in like how we look at that, but how for you did those situations, like what were the lessons and the gifts that you, aside from being able to like support women, which I know is a big part who've done that too. Like what have been some of the big lessons and like gifts, if you will, that have come out of those pain moments. Yeah. So it's very much in alignment, the soul contracts. And again, you know, prefacing trigger warning, all the trauma informed stuff, right? Because no one asked to be assaulted, right? You know, no one asked to be abused, none of that. But for me personally, my journey of remembering soul contracts and soul agreements was that, you know, I'm going to get a little out here, but that I am an initiate of the high priestess energy. And I'm here to help heal a lot of sexual trauma for the collective. And so with that being who I am on a soul level, not more important than anybody else, but my duty was to be a portal for that. So that's why it happened so often and so much in my life, right? So when that happened, though, I didn't see the lessons, but I always had this innate knowing that like, I was going to be okay, like I was going to be better, you know, it's what drove me. So one of the biggest teachings was what drove me to be want to be successful. It's what drove me to want to be independent, and all of these things. So that was a gift. And then eventually, you know, kind of turned into a curse too. But we've remedied that, right. But it's like, it drove me to know, like, my true strength. Like I know how strong I am and what I'm capable of, but honestly, the best thing that it taught me, and I can say this and not a lot of people, you know, experienced abuse might not get this, but it's taught me a level of compassion for humanity that didn't reside before this awakening. And before I'm able to look back in this and go, I actually have compassion for them and their souls. Because it's not easy to sign up for a soul contract either that goes around hurting people and abusing people, you know, and one of my friends, Samson, he's a breathwork facilitator. And he said something to me one time in one of our sessions, and he was like, gratitude is forgiving. And so what that meant was not only forgiving, like to give to somebody, but it's forgiving gratitude for the lessons and the teachings gratitude that I was able to survive, that I'm able to help other women through this, that I was able to gain strength and independence through these experiences. 
those kind of things, gratitude for knowing boundaries and how to really like watch my surroundings and all this kind of stuff, like just gratitude for it. But the biggest thing is that compassion piece. And really when you forgive somebody, it's not you accepting what they did, but there's that old cliche for a reason that forgiveness is for you, not them, because the hatred and the anger in your heart, it spoils you. It doesn't do anything to them. And so when you forgive and you can release that and you can have compassion for the experience and seeing the badass that you are and what you've overcome and, you know, the strength that you've gained from it and the wisdom that you've gained from it. And just having that peace, that's what's matters. You don't accept it. You don't approve of it and you didn't ask for it, but just knowing that like you are I always say this, like I am the woman I am today because of every second that happened before the second, I would not be this echo, this version of me without everything, all the trauma, all the pain, all the success, all the celebrations, all of it. I would not be me without any of it. And so I'm grateful for everything I've experienced thus far in my life and will continue to find that gratitude and compassion in it all, no matter what happens. Oh, I love that. Like just writing down that, that quote, I'm like, Oh, that's such a good quote. Yeah. yeah. Would not be the woman I am today without every second that has happened before this second. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And I absolutely agree with that. Right. And I hadn't thought of it that way too, that like, yeah, that it's also not an easy soul assignment to be a person who is meant to hurt people. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, imagine it's kind of like, and obviously it's different, but the bullies in school, you know, I was bullied in school and I, a lot of women are bullied and growing up. And again, you don't feel the silver lining when you're getting bullied. You're like, oh my gosh, she sucks. Right. But like for me, when I went through my awakening, I was able to look at it. I was like, that must be a really terrible place to live in here. And I saw it for like the insecurity that they had you know, the jealousy, the fear that they had of not being in control. Like you get to start to see like the true, like essence of what the experience was. And again, not accepting of it, but having that layer of compassion and for them and the experience and gratitude for what it taught you, you know? Absolutely. So I would love to talk a little bit more shift gears and talk a little bit more about the, the, yeah, trend in the coaching space right now and the entrepreneurship space around like magnetism, quantum field, like things are so potent, right? Like all the buzzwords that everyone's jumping all over. Cause, and it's like, I say that like joke, but like I use that language too. Right. And I'm like all in on that while also realizing, right. Like, yeah, you don't just like think and magnetize a million dollar business, right? Like it doesn't fucking work that way. You don't take a bubble bath and make a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. But the like, yeah, ease flow, magnetism, potency, like quantum field, all that like major buzzwords in the coaching industry right now. And so I would love for you to share like one, like, yes, that's possible because you are doing it. So speaking into that a little bit more, but then what would you say is the secret, right? And it's obviously not like, well, here, this is how you do it. They're done, right? Like, it's not like always the, you know, it takes work and intention and time and learning and healing and all that. But what would you say if you were to sum up, like how that 
gets to become your reality or how that is possible, like creating a business that is so grounded in ease, flow, magnetism, like what would that like, that little like secret be? Yeah. And a lot of it we've talked about with that divine masculine structure so that you can stay in your divine feminine creation, inspiration codes and flow the most, because that's where the magic happens, right? The divine masculine is your structure, which is beautiful, but you want to stay in that flowy inspired state. And I think one of the reason that these buzzwords, if you will, and things are is because the divine feminine, these high priestess codes are coming onto the planet so fiercely right now in such a powerful magnetic way. There's a lot of us that are just in the same stream of consciousness, right? And so if you're seeing these things, you know, if women are seeing these things and they're like, oh, it must be easy. And it's like, it's easy now, right? Or it's easier now, but it doesn't mean that we haven't put in the legwork. It doesn't mean that we haven't had the struggles or anything like that. Again, going back to our previous conversation, we show on social media what we want to show, right? And some brands are just about the end result and the pretty stuff or whatever, but hopefully you're following people that show the full picture of things and the full journey of things. Because it's not just a take a bubble bath. Like I've seen people do that. Like, oh my God, I made myself the most luxurious bubble bath. And I just made $10,000 out of thin air. I've literally seen posts like that. And I'm like, no, you sent five email sequences. You ran two programs last month. You had a masterclass yesterday selling a $10,000 one-on-one spot. Like you did not just run a bubble bath and make $10,000. No. And that. Yeah. In those things, I feel like sometimes like when it arrives is when you step into the receiving energy and like, oh, okay, cool. Like I've been push, 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 push going for that end result. And then when I finally stepped into my feminine receiving there, it all came. Right. But it's like, yeah. And the like cause and effect was not the bubble bath. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so with that, though, what you just said, I think it's important too. like when you are living a life and creating a business and creating impact and building your legacy and your empire, and it's from a place of pure desire for what you're meant here to do. It's following your Dharma, if you will, your personal, you know, like your soul's purpose, connecting self and soul. If you're doing that and you're having fun in your divine feminine and have that divine masculine structure, you create from such a place where you're creating, knowing that you're going to receive exactly what you're meant to receive. So when you do say, put out that masterclass, that program or whatever it is, then you immediately though, the power to attracting it to you quicker is immediately go into receiving mode, knowing that you did the best that you could do, which is the best you can do. And anything more than your best is hustle and will burn you out and really tuning in and going, okay, imagining something I love to do. And this is just something I do is like, after I run a class, like that's it. Like, yes, my team will put some emails together or something, but as far as my energy and how I truly attract, it's like, I imagine the women out there ready to sign up with me. I imagine like I play in receiver mode and whatever happens, I know is meant to happen. So I teach and then that's it. I maybe do one or two emails like before the launch of something else or whatever, but like. I rarely get anything through emails, like as far as like signups, it's always through my own energy, how I'm showing up online, how I'm sharing my story. And I think a lot of the reason that the divine feminine right now is rising 
and, you know, the coaching industry by the, I think it's the end of this year's going to be $230 billion industry online coaching and education. By 2027, it's going to be a trillion dollar business. So that there it's infinite, like the amount of opportunity we all have, but it is like, I do think it's kind of a sickness that people try to promote it as if it's easy you're still taking aligned action. There's a difference between hustle and aligned action. Hustle is the push, force, pull, drag energy to achieve an outcome and it always burns you out. But if you're doing what you love and you're creating from that space of like the bigger picture, the eagle's eye view, the, hey, I'm doing this for this empire, for this legacy, for this impact. I always say like, you're not gonna care about a failed launch in on your deathbed when you've, done this big, beautiful magic thing. It's a drop in the bucket, right? So like, what's the bigger picture? And you always moving the needle towards that. And then you're learning the pain of a failed launch. Oh, I put my heart and soul in that and it's not selling. Oh my God, I'm over. I'm a fraud. No. Okay. How could you clean up some things? How could you storytell better? How could you, you know, do this better? Well, like take it as increase your power. And then that's when like you learn the lessons and then you take a bubble bath after you do a masterclass and you get a $10,000 payment, but don't tell people it's because you use lavender bath salts. Like, no, we did all the work first. (laughs) Yeah. And it decided to show up when you stepped into the energy of receiving because of the other things that you did leading up, right? It works together. Yes. 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 I agree with that. And I think that that it can be really dangerous, right? And manipulative if people aren't being honest and open about like how much work it does take and the stuff that's not on the highlight reel, all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. I like, no, we're good. I have like one more thing I want us to touch on Perfect. and we'll, we'll be wrapping up. So something which I mentioned in the beginning that you are so good at is energy work, energy healing, connecting with your guides, channeling, right? Like all this super like quote unquote, woo woo, Mm -hmm. spiritual, like psychic kind of stuff, which like, that's something that I really just two years ago, a little over two years ago, realized, oh shit, like this shit's real. It's like, you know, thinking about somebody and then they text you, which is like a fun coincidence. I'm like, that's not actually a coincidence. Let's let's like lean into this. And it's been so fun. And like, oh my gosh, like girl, when you and I have like catch up soon, like this last two weeks have been so silly with magnetizing. Like, it's just funny. Like, I'm just like, I love it. I want to see this today. Right. And then I'm like, ah, an hour later, there it is. Right. Like it's been so fun, but anyway, so like side note on that, but I would love for you to talk about like what it means to channel Mm -hmm. and how somebody can like start to do that and practice that and strengthen that, right? Like connecting with your inner guidance and your soul guides, if you will. So yeah, like thing that like a mysterious thing that is so abstract, abstract. And I think people think is weird. Like sometimes I even feel weird talking about it with people that I'm like, do you get this stuff? Am I, am I going to sound crazy talking about how I'm psychic with you or like, do you get it? You know? Yeah. And the right people will get it. The people that don't get it, you know, it's okay too. Yeah. So I think the first thing is to understand that we all have 
the divine channels of communication. When we incarnated into this physical body, we were all gifted the divine channels of communication. And those channels, there's so many channels, but there's clairaudient, clairvoyant, clairsentient, claircognizant, psychic, telepathic, transmedium, kundalini, sexual tantra channels. There's so many channels that we can like tap into, but we all have them. And it's a level of how clogged they are. So for a lot of your listeners right now, I can promise you that a majority of them remember from a young age, seeing things, hearing things, knowing things and all of the things. And we were told, oh, it's, you're making things up or, oh, it's just a nightmare or, oh, it's just this. And it's like, oh crap. So when you start your awakening, when you actually like start to realize, oh, I actually was seeing things and hearing things and all the things and having an eight-year-old son who is very psychic, sees and hears and feels and knows all the things. I'm able to nurture that in him, thank goodness, and not shut his channels down. But from a young age, a lot of us ask for our channels, unbeknownst to us, to close so that we're not scared. And because we don't have anybody to support our spiritual evolution. And then at some point or another in our adult lives, usually our teenage years, whenever it is for everybody, mine was at 33 years old, you have some form of an awakening somehow. Mine was, would have been 33 too. Yeah. 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 Which is like... Jesus year. That's a Jesus number. Okay, anyway. <laughs> and it's funny because that's all like I have three. Oh, why do I feel like I'm going to cry? I know. But, okay. Keep going. There's no coincidence to that. Right. Yeah. And so I've always had three favorite numbers since I was a little girl, seven, 13 and 33. And so it's like, I always see how they're woven into my life. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jesus number. So for me, it was 33 and I had this big awakening, one of many And I realized, oh, wow. And that my channel started to open. So for the listeners that want to start playing with this, a lot of you are psychic and have these capabilities. So being a channel. So for me, I channel in a lot of different ways. I've given a transmission several different times throughout here where I'm disconnected from the human and I'm just letting my soul speak through me. Right. And it's like, you can usually tell because I'm like on a run or I'll close my eyes because I'm not really here. So I'll do that. And then I will also channel and I, you know, two years ago, my light language activated and I started to use my light language. Well, I just publicly shared my light language last month in a class that I ran and an activation that I ran, which is super powerful. And since then, so many women have come to me like, my, what is that? And I'm like, that was the point. Good job. But the point is, is that a lot of you have access to your abilities and you just don't realize it because we're made to believe that it's normal or that it's our imagination. So for instance, like Lauren just said, like the clear cognizant is your knowingness. Okay. Also connected to your telepathic channels, which is when you go, I'm thinking about this person and all of a sudden they call you or they text you and you're like, I was just thinking about you. Yeah. That's like two of my strongest, which is so. Yeah. And so you were literally talking soul to soul with them telepathically. Right. And you have this knowingness and boom, they drop in your clairvoyant channels, which is always the last channel to turn on or to unclog for people and unclogging and clearing out these channels. It's a process. You can't just be like, boom, you're clairvoyant. And if you do, it's like a really crazy wild experience because What a lot of people don't realize is that with the clairvoyant channels, the reason that it's the last channel to open up is because it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Like you're not just going to see the good stuff you see. And I use good neutrally. You're not just going to see light. You see a lot of darkness. You see beings and entities and things that are not of the light. And so a lot of people would be scared. So they don't show it. 
but how your clairvoyant channels probably are showing up in your daily life that you don't realize that are being guided and directed by your higher self, your guides, you know, your angel team or whatever you work with. If you know what you work with, it doesn't matter. Just your guides is when you see what people call angel numbers, I call them alchemy key codes. I call them key codes and alchemy because that's the modality and what I use, but it's like angel numbers. You see three, 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 two, 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 five, 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 seven, seven, seven. You're like, Oh my God, I've seen that's your clairvoyant channels, your soul going, look, 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 look. Right. And so clairvoyant channels, you can also, it's a lot of exploring your dream space, all of that before, again, you get to where you can actually see like things. And it took me, it wasn't until two years into my awakening in this process. So three years ago that I started to really fully see things. And it's again, a gift and a curse. Like you see things you don't want to see. You're standing with a friend and you see something behind them and you're like, oh, okay, can you go away now? Like, that's not cool. So it's like the thing that not everybody realizes it's not as cool, I guess, as you would think it would be right. My favorite channel is the claircognizant. And I think everybody needs to see that as a superpower, that deep knowingness. Do I want to do this? Yes or no. Should I do this? Yes or no. Like that deep, deep knowingness, kind of like your program right now, sacral, right? It's like that deep knowingness without like, you know who you are, you know what you want, you know, if you should do this, you know, if you should do that period. Claire audience comes through and I'll just stick with these four because they're the most known. The Claire audience is hearing energy, right? And a lot of us don't realize when you have those high pitched ear things going on and the sounds in your ears right. that's yep. going up in frequency through and you're hearing it through your Claire audience channels. You think through your Claire cognizant of a song or something and you hear it on the radio or you have a friend say something or out of the blue, you're singing a song over and over again because you can't get it out of your head. It's through your clear audience channels, or you can hear like whispers and nobody's there. Like that's how it starts. Those are all the base foundation of like how your abilities start. And then of course they go from there to hearing, you know, your actual soul and your healing team and hearing people talking in your ears. And yeah, you start to get into that and you think you're a little kooky for a while. Like you're like, (laughs) but I also want to tell the listeners too, that that's important to understand. Like I've never passed by or met a homeless. My husband and I do a lot of work with the homeless, met a homeless person that wasn't a clear channel. You know, we think they're sitting there talking to themselves and you're in LA. So, you know, this. like, we think they're sitting there talking to themselves and they're crazy quotes, right. But they're just a clear channel and they don't know how to keep it clean, like to keep it like to themselves, everything they're seeing and hearing, they're just repeating. So it's like, I walk by some homeless people. I'm like, I got you, buddy. I see what you see. Like, that's good. Yeah. You know, we think people are crazy. We think people that are schizophrenic, they're seeing things they are doing all these things. Again, no medical advice here, but we're deeming people crazy when a lot of times it's just that they have clear channels and just as a society, we don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. And I would say too, like, I believe too, like, yeah, mental illness, like, yeah, we can see what's going on in someone's brain. And like with all the diagnostics, like science, all that kind of stuff. And like, I very much believe like when that kind of stuff is happening, like there is spiritual energetic thing going on. So yeah, like clear channels and like, who knows what kind of fucking energy they have invited in and like, don't have the boundary, whatever it is. Right. So like, yeah, I think it's such a mix of that, like Totally. And also with any, and this, again, my personal opinion, I'm not a medical doctor, but I was diagnosed with neurological Lyme disease and like several co-infections, like not curable. But when I started this journey, guess who doesn't have neurological Lyme disease? Cause I truly believe that 
energy is everything. Our whole bodies were made up of 99.99% energy. This is barely any mass compared to the energy that we are. And so if everything's energy, then a lot of the diseases, and I call them diseases in our lives and the world are from energy disruptions. And so of course, though, science, which is a beautiful thing, labels certain pieces like, okay, well, this person, if a bunch of people have this, then that's neurological Lyme disease. If it shows up in the brain like this, it's neurological. So, you know, if you've got two out of three markers, this is what you've got, right? And they have to put a label on something because we're living in a 3D world, which is fine. But a lot of dis-ease in the body is actually energetic, like 100%, 100%. And we're able to see the, like, what the tests show, right? Like, right. see, measure it. And sometimes we're like, oh, well, we don't know why this kind of stuff happens. It's like, that's miraculous healing. Exactly. Yeah. Or why, why stuff heals or why stuff happens, right? Like negative stuff. It's like, yeah, because there's an energetic situation going on, which that piece is not able to be like quantifiably measured. You just see the like symptoms of it, right. And the results of it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'll think like with what I've been walking through the last eight weeks, it's like, again, to that, what you just said and how we don't want anybody to think they attracted that or manifested, you know, cancer or whatever, or pain in their life. And it's like, no, but usually when you have something you're here to do something big. And I truly believe this, like you're given choices and you're given a choice to really do something big or to let the pain succumb. Now you're given these gifts so that there's it's darkness being lifted to the light. And it's things that need to be cleared and healed before you can go on and create the bigness that, you know, you're really here to do. And so again, it's triggering for some people to think, oh, everything's happening for me when bad stuff is happening, you might not see it today, but one day, hopefully that's the hope that you will be. Absolutely. Okay. We could keep going. We're like exactly on time. So this is perfect. perfect. We'll wrap it here. But what I would love for you to share is because I know like you have such a powerful mission in the movement that you are leading with soul up and your retreat is tomorrow and this weekend, which is so exciting, but Tell everybody a little bit about Soul Up and how they can be part of that movement. They can like learn from you, all of this. Yeah. So Soul Up is the spiritual ascension vortex group coaching community international movement that I started three years ago. It is the foundation and like the essence of honestly all that I do, like all the work that I do comes back to my Soul Up journey. And I truly feel that I'm here through this creation to raise the frequency of the planet by leading women back home to their power and sovereignty and whatever that looks like for them, right? And really cultivating mind, body, soul, business alignment and that sovereignty of self, knowing that they're here to nurture every aspect of themselves, to put themselves first, to 